This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey guys, here's a message from one of our partners, SpiderVPN. As we all know, browsing the internet can be full of hidden dangers and snoopers, but you can easily protect yourself and at the same time get access to all your favourite websites and streams by using SpiderVPN. They have some amazing offers right now and have come highly recommended. Check them out at spidervpn.org and uh, get yourself some great offers now. And don't forget to mention Dazzling Dave or Always Wolves to get yourself a real nice discount. That's spidervpn.org. Good evening, good evening, good evening to everyone. And we're delighted to be back with the Always Wolves squadcast. We've got my regular co-host, Manny Kang. Hi, Manny. Hi, everybody. How you doing? And we've, we're joined by Amy, and we'll get on to Amy's retro shirt, along with her <laughs> co-co-host, Blossom. <laughs> it's like she's literally just come, come along. She's it's made, like she knew. She's she made knew it was TV, time. Amy. And uh, we're really uh, delighted uh, to welcome our special guest tonight, uh, the brand-new... Uh, Express and Star Wolf reporter, already given us lots of great stories, uh, Mr. Liam Keane. Thanks for coming on and making your debut tonight, Liam. How are you? Yeah, pleasure. Thanks for having me on, guys. Um, yeah, I'm all good. I'm all good. It's been, uh, you know, it's nice to do these sort of things and get in with a lot of the fans. And as a Wolves fan myself, I don't have the accent, but a Wolves fan myself, it's nice to uh, to get in there with, uh, with you guys and, uh, you know, just give fans a bit of a, a feel of what I'm like as well, I suppose. Absolutely. And uh, Liam, I'm sure you're going to get lots of questions uh, fired at you today. Um, Merv says hi to all of us and they're all saying hello in the uh, in the chat. We've got so much to discuss. Obviously, so much has happened since the end of the season with uh, obviously with Nuno being sacked, Bruno Large coming in. Um, there's transfers in, transfers out. Are we going to get that central defender that everybody wants? 
three weeks left of the transfer window. We've had the pre-season, the new shirts come out. Um, and obviously, we've got to look ahead to Wolves' chances. And Liam, you've been, um, you know, you've been there all the way, um, closely monitoring. You've had a chance to speak to the players. You've been had a chance to be at most of the pre-season games, and of course, you've had a chance to uh, have a good chat uh, with uh, the new head coach Bruno, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's he's come across pretty well, and the players seem to have taken to him. Um, he seems popular friendly, open, um, and just seems like a, a nice guy, really, which is uh, uh, one part of it for, you know, for me and for other journalists. It's nice to deal with someone who seems fairly open. Uh, Wolves fans want results. So from Saturday onwards, we're going to find out whether it's uh, it's any use and hopefully it will be. Well, definitely. I think uh, the jury is uh, definitely out on that one. Um Manny, we've, you had a couple of questions on Twitter, didn't you? We want to kick off with one of those to start with. Yeah, I mean, um, just say hello to um, Liam and welcome him to the Always Wolves podcast. Um, just before I ask the questions, I was just going to say um, Nuno had initially with um, the press had a bit of a fraught relationship and there was a mm. few stories coming about where Nuno wasn't forthcoming with answers or didn't really want to reveal too much so uh, you, it, I don't know if you had any experience previously you probably didn't but obviously Bruno looks like he's a bit more fun and someone's just said sounds more fun than Nuno is that correct? <laughs> yeah definitely um, I obviously before I got the Wolves job I was covering Warsaw and I uh, dealt with a manager who's now at Port Vale called Darrell Clark who yeah. was to say the least um, abrasive uh, so I was a little bit uh, prepared for it, I suppose. And I, I jumped in um, and covered holidays and covered uh, sort of COVID misses last season when Joe was was out. Um, so yeah. I did deal with Nuno a few times and I probably dealt with him maybe a dozen times, I think, you know, pre-match and post-match stuff. And um, okay. he, he wasn't too bad with me personally. Um, there was one or two where, you know, you get one or two words. Um, <laughs> but, you know, on the on the whole, you know, was, he, he didn't enjoy it. He didn't enjoy talking to us. He didn't enjoy... Um, really speaking and uh, about anything open about, you know, his tactics open about transfers. I think you've seen that already at Spurs. He's been asked several times about Harry Kane. And I think there's that picture of him with his head in his hands <laughs> looking yeah. down because he doesn't want to talk about it. Um, and Bruno, I mean, he's not going to be, you know, he's a, he's a foot manager and at the end of the day. He's not going to come out and tell you who all his targets are, but he will um, definitely give more detailed answers. He's, he's a lot more open. Um, but I caveat that with saying, you know, he may not be quite as open if the first three games don't go don't go too well. Right. So um, he, he comes across like a much uh, more open and sort of transparent character. Anyways, there's less things hidden. Obviously, he he invited us to watch training as well. Um, so he's not trying to hide. It's obvious what he's trying to do. Um, and I think you know everyone's picked up on that so far. So yeah, Paul Mansell asked the question. You've answered most of it. On terms of his personality, what about his coaching philosophy? Have you clearly seen what type of coach he wants to be or the style he wants to bring to Wolves? Yeah, it's it's been plain as day, really, what he's been trying to do. You look at some of the 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 training that I've watched alongside the friendlies as well. Um, it's it's high intensity, it's aggressive. He wants um, it, it, the transition is a big part. He felt that the transition which, you know, the reaction to losing the ball um, or regaining possession. Um, he felt that the transition was really poor against Las Palmas in that game. 
And that's something he's worked yeah. on a lot in the last few weeks in terms of, you know, he's watching, just for example, on the, the training ground. Oh, sorry, I'm on you when I, when I watched it. Um, he he was on the players to, as soon as they lose the ball, to react quickly. Uh, he would then, you know, stop play, throw a random ball into the pitch, they're doing a sort of 11 v 11 scenario. Yeah. And then he'd want his players to react again to another situation. So it was all about sort of quick reactions, aggressive, pressing high. And the second half against Salta Vigo, they did that very, very well. Yeah. Um, the problem is the first half, they didn't. So uh, it's going to take a bit of time, but that's that's what he's looking for. Well, it was definitely a very exciting second half to uh, uh, to Salta Vigo. I kind of like looked at the, uh, the Salta Vigo game. It was a back three. We conceded first. We didn't score. In the first half, and then we played a lot better in the second half. It from like from from an alien looking outside, it didn't look like that that much had changed. Although to be fair, we should have probably scored four goals in the second mm-hmm. half. How we never scored, I don't know. Yeah. Amy, you were you were at that game, weren't you? What did you make of it? I was. Um, I'm 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 quite. I don't know. A bit worried. I just can't see what's changed currently at the moment. Um, every like you said, Dave, everything that happened on Saturday seems to be quite a reflection of what happened last season and I don't really like using pre-friendlies pre-season friendlies as a judgment because you know I just they're just friendlies at the end of the day aren't they they're necessary but they're never the most pleasant of things to watch and you don't really think you get a real feel for it um but uh yeah I agree I don't know how they didn't score some of it looked a bit chaotic um especially in the first half I thought I just didn't they didn't seem to find their flow very well um I th- here it was better than the previous weekend at Stoke and Coventry and Salta Vega were actually quite a good side. They looked in, in like seventh in the Liga last year, so it wasn't like they were playing um at Coventry again. Um but um yeah, I'm a bit I'm a bit apprehensive, I think, for the start of the season. I think it's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of unknown at the moment, and I guess everyone's just kind of waiting on bated breath to see how it how it turns out. The players are pretty much Nuno's squad. So they've obviously got to adapt to a new management style, which in any job is not easy to adapt to a new manager. So that's obviously going to take some time. Um, I think it could be quite, uh, well, I don't know what the word is, uh, quite a tense first few games because I think it is going to take quite a while to settle from what I've seen. I think we need to be kind of a bit patient with things. And as we know, a lot of Wolves fans don't have a lot of patience. So it's <laughs> gonna be it's gonna be a tasty few weeks, I think, is my prediction. <laughs> just just on that as well, I, I totally agree with Amy. I think that um potentially you might even see a very sim well, not wouldn't say similar, but not necessarily totally different style to what we saw last season in these first three games. Because it's such a difficult three games that um Bruno may be maybe naive to go into it gung-ho for the style he wants to do it may be well I think we're probably expecting three at the back um and he'll probably you know be very compact try and keep the ball as best they can um but react in the transition and and maybe you know squeeze out a couple of results and then beyond that he can try and implement what he's trying to do which it's going to take time you know it takes months to to get across a system and they've only had a few weeks with the full squad um because of the Euros so it, it's going to take time um, you know what? I actually thought the second half, for about twenty minutes, was as good a football as we've played for three years. No, I agree. I, think, I do. Yeah, I totally think the first twenty minutes. That very quick, very high press, uh, one-two straight down the wing, balls, and we should have buried Celta Vigo three or four-one quite easily, to be honest. So I was apprehensive, but actually, second half, I was hopeful as well. 
Um, but I think we need to quickly, Dave, move on to the question everybody's asking on the timeline is what's happening with recruitment? Because we had a real fast start on the recruitment. Wolves are very cagey, never really released too many details of who they're going to sign. And suddenly Trinko came. Eight Nuri was signed for half the you know, fee that we thought we would pay for him. And we replaced Patricio straight away as soon as we had somebody lined up. And we, we, we signed a centre-half who's impressed us all. Now he's got injured, but he did impress us all. But then suddenly, obviously, the Euros have ended and it's gone very quiet. Now, I just want to ask the question is, do reporters get any real leads anymore or are clubs so out of touch? Because we as fans, as a majority, feel like the Dalrymple, the Kevin Thelwell, that type of era has disappeared and we've lost um, touch with the club as fans so we're now looking to you people like you Liam to bridge that gap and give us the insight into what is happening are we after players are we getting anybody in uh and how reliable that information is and that's the you'll probably you've probably seen on Twitter every post that Wolves admin put on is just announced announced centre back yeah yeah I mean in in terms of rumours you're going to find rumours around everywhere and the vast majority of the time they're rubbish. Um, that's not necessarily because um, that's not necessarily because the you know the the source is bad, but a lot of agents in football do a lot of work. Let's, let me put it that way. They they uh, they speak to a lot of people, and, and if they need to get a player's name out there or get a player um, spoken about online or spoken about in the in the media, they'll you know they'll do what they can to to make that happen. Um, and obviously that gives them leverage in you know various different situations in terms of whether you know reports on myself get reliable information wolves is obviously much more closed than some other clubs um but yeah. a lot of premier league clubs are like this as well um but I've, yeah i mean it, it is obviously possible i mean i've got a, a one or two bits myself but it's also following up on um on things that are already out there um so obviously you comes to the scene today with yakushlu um yeah. the stuff i put out today was that uh everything i'm being told is that there's nothing in it um doesn't mean in by the end of August there might not be anything in it, but I think it's it, it looks very unlikely at this stage. It's there's nothing in that. Uh, Catroni, for example, it was out elsewhere. You know, I've spoken to the people I speak to, and and yeah. got it confirmed that he's off to off to Italy again. So um, there is uh, there is a relationship there, and I've got obviously I've got to try and bridge the gap. Um, but for me personally, this doesn't speak for um, people who've been doing it for years. For me personally, having only been in the job for about a month, um, you know, I've got to build up. Uh, you know, trust, relationship, contacts, all that kind of thing, and that's part of the job. And um, and I'm, I'm working on that as we uh, as we speak. But um, yeah, there there is a there is a bridge to gap. I understand what you um, what what you mean, um, and, and that is possible. And and, play, and you know, journalists do it and and do it well. Um, it is difficult, but then with so many rumours going around, there, there is there is leads there really as well. On, yeah, the story that really stuck with me was that we heard the press and the local press report that Bruno Large was probably thinking about giving Catroni a chance and he needs to prove himself and giving him an arm around the shoulder. And the next day, we hear he's off, he's gone. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah we, are, they, the biggest... are, they a, are they paying a loan fee for Catroni? Because I know Wolves are paying half his wages, aren't they, Liam? Not, on, on either of those, I'm not, I can't comment on that just yet. I don't know, so I need to check. Um, uh, I've actually been uh, been off today, so I, uh, I don't know. But, um, yeah. yeah, Manny, what you said there, I mean, that that is exactly an, exa- an example, excuse me, of how quick things move in football. Um, 
both both of those stories were true. There were quotes from Large talking about mm. you know the plans. There were then you know within a day or two, the, you know Katrani is off. That is that is going to happen. Has been it's been agreed. So uh, that's how quickly things move. You also got to bear in mind as well that managers will say things, and sometimes it won't necessarily always be the case. They've got. ABC reasons that they need to, you know, protect a player. They need to protect a, a relationship or whatever it is. Um, so they, 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 you know, they work it to their advantage as best they can as well. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it both both are true. But it's just how quickly things things move in football. I mean, it, you know, anything can happen. That's that's how quick it is. Yeah, I think as well. Picking up on that comment that just came up, Twitter is a source of a lot of this rubbish. I don't think these days, if you take it back ten years ago, and social media wasn't a mm-hmm. thing, there was probably more substantial rumours because there wasn't so many channels where things get diluted so I think a lot of clubs now choose to not do anything because they're afraid of leakages and things like that I mean you see the spiral with just small things with social media so when there's like ultimately football is a business they need to protect that so I personally hate transfer rumours I'm like until they're there in the room signed done deal I don't see the point in speculation we've all got our opinions on who should come in who shouldn't come in but at the end of the day, like I say, it's a business. They've got what they want to do. So I hate seeing transfer rumours because half of them don't, aren't even true. So you think you get all excited. I mean, how many years has Cristiano Ronaldo come into bloody Wolverhampton to you, complete? What have you seen in Asda? Having a <laughs> something like, like that. Like... <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I just think people get too wound up on these, too attached to these rumours and everything. And I just think it is what it is. You know, they'll be there start of the season hopefully we'll get and like I agree we need a few more signings but who they are I trust trust the club to make that decision well there's I mean, a lot of it you know, I was going to say there's a lot of expectation at the start of this transfer window obviously it's been widely reported that Wolves even though Fosin have you know billions that they, they want to run the club on an even keel and they've got FFP to deal with there was a lot of um, initially expectation almost. It was, I think it was announced in The Guardian that Ruben Devers was off to Arsenal. Troyori was going to go. It seems as the transfer window's gone through now, it seems less and less likely that Wolves are willing to, to part with those two players. And I think if we keep them come the beginning of September, I think in itself that will be quite a positive for me. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah I totally agree. About keeping, keeping players as well and... If you take it outside of Wolves, the transfer market hasn't been that rife anywhere. There was a question leading on to that midfield. Now we're talking about midfield, about our talisman, the one we signed when we entered the Premier League, which was the marquee signing for me, was Joe Matinho, possibly one of the best footballers we've ever seen down at Molyneux. You know, uh, absolute legendary status sort of what he'd done already. But... We've got rid of um, Taylor Perry, who I was, thought is, looked really promising, maybe to come through the ranks. Owen Atasoe doesn't seem like he's in the plans. Um, and um, who was the other one? Vitinia. We didn't take the option. So we've lost three players that were potentially midfield players. We've farmed them out, potentially. And we've got Neves, who thankfully, it looks like we've rejected all the offers and he's sticking around from the way he's talking, Dendonka and an ageing Matinho who may be losing his legs to play 30, 40 games a season. So the midfield, where, where are our options there? Are there irons in the fire? Are there, I think this OK Yakuslu, you know, rumour came about and people did grab onto it because it's an area we need to strengthen. 
Yeah, they what definitely definitely need to yourself? Yeah, definitely need to strengthen. I yeah, I, I felt that um I think Neves has been wonderful in preseason. I thought the second half against Santa Vigo, he was the best player on the park. I thought against Coventry was. was excellent. Um I thought Leander Dendonk had a very, very good second half against Santa Vigo as well, which I was pleasantly surprised with because he had a poor season by all accounts last year. Um Moutinho, I, I agree. I think technically is still a very good player. I think for me, he's one of the best players I've seen in the Wolf shirt. Um, yeah. But his legs, the age, he's not going. He's not going to be able to play week in, week out, play ninety minutes. Um, they certainly need depth in there. For me, they need someone who is going to almost like box to box. You know, a proper number eight, someone who's going to break beyond uh, the final, break into the final third, break beyond the final line, um, yeah. make late runs into the box. Someone who's going to become an option. Someone who can play incisive, decisive passes forward. Um, that's the kind of player they need for me. Uh, so even with the Yakushli rumours, I'm not entirely sure he'd fit the mould anyway. He's more of a defensive-minded yeah. player. So for me, they need a proper box-to-box, I think. Um, and they are looking, that, that is one of the major, that and centre-back are the two major areas that they want to strengthen. Even though they're going to lose Catrone and most likely going to lose Rafa Mir, striker is third about behind those two. They're, they're looking for those two first and they are working on it as we speak. Okay, so they're definitely working on a centre back and a centre midfielder. Yeah, Liam, the striker we suffered last season because we only had silver um, because Jimenez got injured, and now we've left ourselves in a very similar position where we've only got two strikers if Catroni's gone. So suddenly they're giving themselves a, another problem to fix. It's a risk, isn't it? It's definitely a risk. Um, but you also got to remember, you know, they've still got three weeks to to make a decision, yeah. and things move very quickly. They've obviously been working on it. They, had, you know, they haven't just been sat around uh, just ignoring the transfer window. So um, things, and as we know with Wolves in the past, things do happen quickly, and all of a sudden, you know, someone's arriving at uh, a Compton or Molyneux and before we know it. So uh, it may not even be a name that, that anyone gets hold of beforehand. I mean, obviously I'm trying to, um, but that's not, yeah. it's not always the case. It doesn't always work out that way. So um, yeah, I, only because I know sort of how it works and having worked in football, I'm less worried than I think the average fan because things move quickly. They have a plan. They know what they want to do. They just got to get the deal that works right for them, the right player, and and, and it will all come together. And there's still three weeks to go. And Wolves tend to not... I think maybe Wolves, a lot of Wolves, we don't tend not to leave things till deadline days normally. No one from Sky, the person that stood from Sky outside of Molyneux is just eating a bacon sandwich and got nothing else to do and sitting on a deck chair. It might change this year. Interestingly, you talk, well, obviously, with the centre-back, I think it's a key position. Do you think um, Bruno Large has been forced, obviously, because he, he's famous for playing the four at the back at Benfica? Because obviously Yerson's out, you've got uh, Bolly that's out, and obviously he's he's, got, he's finding a way for Connor Cody. Do you think if he gets that centre back in, he will go towards that back four once he's got the right person alongside it? And and do do you see Cody playing in a back four, or do you think he may be playing in a little bit more of a defensive midfield role? For me, it depends on who the, the defender is that they bring in. Um, but for me, I think the big reason he's moved from four to three is because of no Willy Bolly. Um, yeah. I think if you don't have him, the other defenders there don't suit a, a two pairing in, in, in centre uh, central defence. Sorry. So yeah. for me, that's the big reason. Depend, he may change back depends on who he signs. And with Connor Cody, I I've always said that all along that I think he's obviously better in a three. I think he's probably not ideal to play him in a four, but I'm starting to change my mind slightly on that because 
I watch him in pre-season and he's an unbelievable calm presence. Um, so, so compact and so disciplined. Um, obviously, it, you know, a ball in behind, he may be in trouble. He's not the quickest, but um, I think with the right partner, he could play a fourth, definitely. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see who they bring in there. Bolly, hopefully, you know, my story from uh, last week, hopefully isn't going to be too far away as well. Um, most likely will miss Leicester, but hopefully not too far away after that. So, uh, I think one central defender is enough. They've got cover there, or, or the, the only problem is they're playing Kilman, left-footed, playing him on the right, um, playing Sice, yeah. who... I don't mind as a player. I just do think he's a bit rash at times and makes uh, makes you know yeah. makes the occasional mistake. Well, say that he's safe not have a game where he doesn't get a yellow card. <laughs> he he, he, he getting yellow cards in pre-season. He loves a yellow card, doesn't he? If you put an accumulator on, yeah. uh, Soyuz with a yellow card is one to go for every week. <laughs> he's funny though. Mm. So it's for me. It's just the balance is is not quite yeah, right with, with the back three. Oh, Another name, I know you um, sort of said, uh, okay, Yakusalu was wider than Mark and there was nothing in that, according to your sources. Another one was, uh, there's a, a, one that seems like Leicester agreed a fee for Jan Vestergaard. Mm. Was there anything in that with Wolves? Uh, I don't know, to be honest. It's moved very quickly tonight, that one. Okay. Uh, there was nothing in that up until, I think, like the last hour or two. So, uh, as I sit now, don't know. But what yeah. I do know is that it's all, it's all agreed with Leicester. So, Regardless of whether Wolves are interested, it looks unlikely yeah. that one's going to go through. But for me, 15 mil is around the figure that's mm -hmm. been reported. I mean, I'd have, I'd have, you know, I'd have taken that as a Wolves fan. Yeah, that would have been uh, actually yeah. pretty good. I think he's uh, actually, personally, I think he's too slow to play a uh, back four. It's mm. <laughs> my personal opinion. He's very slow on the turn against fast. You've been a time for quite some while. We need someone with a little bit more pace at the back, especially if Cody's going to play in a back four. You've been, uh, you've been obviously. Oh, that's what I was quite in uh, interested in seeing. Jerson, Mascara, the way he played those two preseason games. He seemed to cover space and cover the field very quickly, didn't he? A long, lanky stride, and and he didn't shirk out of a challenge. And it's been a bit disappointing, obviously, with his injury. It would have been because he was almost like he was playing himself into a starting position with Bowley's injury. Yeah. I think Yerson, uh, he, he quickly became a fan's favourite because he was a bit like John Smith's, no nonsense. You know, he just got to the ball, dealt with it. And uh, he, he, the fans have talked to him quite really, really quickly. I am worried about Bolly because he did pick up a few injuries last year. One person I have been impressed with in, in pre-season, there's a couple. First of all, um, Marcel has managed to get through five games without... Uh, been injured, which is uh, a new record. Saturday, I know. And uh, Morgan Gibbs White, I think, has made a real impression. Um, the end of last season and also this season, I, I have a feeling that he could be a real breakthrough season for Morgan this year. I don't know what you guys think. Um, I well, still don't think. On, he, I still think he needs a, a season in the championship. If I'm honest, a full season in the championship. I don't think he. I don't think he's the answer. I don't think he's the answer to start, and I don't think he's the answer to come off on the bench to make an impact. I still think he needs to, like, get his game right. I don't think that was he. Did he play him in a number ten? Did he, who did he bring him on for on Saturday? Can't remember. But uh, I, I think, like I think he, was, he came on on the left. I think on the left of the. Yeah, front and I just don't. I just don't know. I just there's something. I don't know whether I have a personal thing against Gibbs White. I've just never been that impressed with him, to be honest. I think when he first came in, the first Premier League season, and he seems really promising, but there's not been much follow through. 
and I just struggle with the way that he's played. And I just think he needs the experience. I think if he got had a solid season in the championship, like he started to have at Swansea, but a proper season, because last season wasn't proper, a proper season with fans in the championship, I think he could really come on as a player. But I just don't think he's within that squad the experience is there to make an impact, but that's just my We're going to make sure more kids white doesn't hear Amy's bit of this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I you'll be listening to us. <laughs> I actually thought he had a brilliant end to last season where we, we struggled, but he was one of those players who shone in the last few games and showed a bit of potential. And I just think he's... You just need to give him that confidence. And you see Cody around him a lot and... He's got very close to Cody, and I think that's not just a, a natural thing. I think it's probably a tactical thing to to get him to feel part of the squad and part of the team where very much he was on the fringes. And um, I just think he's got something there now that he never had before, personally. Jeez, I, I always used to think he was a little bit distracted by off-the-field things, and I think he's made some mistakes. We know the party he went to during COVID. He's got the glamour girlfriend and all that, the nice car, but I do think that... That's every player, don't you, that is. <laughs> since, he's come, since he's come back, I do think he's kind of matured a bit, and he really seems to be a lot more focused to me. I mean, Liam, you, you see him, you've seen these things. You've probably even interviewed Morgan, and obviously we heard the, the things that Cody said about him um, as well. I mean, what's your take on that? And also, with questions about Pedent, how close is he? Just quickly on Perdens, because uh, it will only be a very brief. This he is working in training, doing um, you know doing his rehabilitation, and now uh, uh, the surgery on his groin was now, I believe. Um, so not not a, I don't have a time frame, but not you know he's working on it. It's not too far. Uh, in terms of Morgan, I I have been impressed with him in preseason, and I agree with Manny. Back end of last season, I thought he did well. Yeah. Um, for me, he's a. I keep reiterating this. I'm not quite sure what position he is. I'm not quite yeah. sure he's a number 10. I'm not quite sure he's left of a three or right of a three. Um, I'm not quite sure he's a two in centre midfield either. And he's played all of those positions in pre-season so far. Um, yeah. But I do think he's talented. And I, and I agree with Dave as well. That I think he um, is more settled off the field now. I think he's matured a bit off the field. Um, because I, you know, it blew my mind the other day. I, I didn't realise he was still 21. He's only a young lad. Exactly. He's been around so long. I keep thinking, he, you know, he's 23, 24 um mm. so and that just because he's been around so long that's how I think of him and then I realized no he's still that, that young and I think he has matured off the field um I think he'll have a good season I do um but I can also see the benefits of a, of a full season in the championship without an injury because you saw how well he did for Swansea until his injury um I think that would really help him but Wolves can't afford yeah. with their nah. squad size to let him go um I think it'd be, it'd be an error for the, the club and the squad as a whole even though it might not quite do it for him. Uh, it might not be the best thing for him, but they, they, I think they need him there because the squad's too, too thin otherwise. Hundred percent. It'd be interesting to work. Go on. I said Bruno said about the squad, squad size, where he said on one of the interviews that he would like two players challenging for every mm. position. You know, and we was like blown away because we've been stuck with fairly a small squad, and um, well, that was Nuno's mentality, Brown, wasn't it? Yeah, but if you think two or three players and we've, if we do get a couple of players in, we still have only got the same sort of size squad, haven't we? So is that a longer term ambition for him? 
over a number of years if he gets that far. I think you'd have to su- you'd have to suggest it because to get to a point of having two players for every position isn't going to happen in one transfer window. Um, no. So you think he's obviously still inherited what Nuno's got and the kind of a bit of the Nuno ethos as well, isn't it? So it's probably plan to get there. Think, but think... don't you think injuries have like because you look at Johnny, you look at Neto, you look at Pedence, look at Bolly. Look at mascara. Enough for a, enough for a first team. <laughs> you put those five straight away into the squad. Suddenly we're sitting a little bit, oh, we've got a bit, you know. So maybe the injury situation now has panicked a lot of fans and, and, and you know, wanting players in and compounded. And we have got three weeks left, but fans generally want to get all the business done before the first ball's kicked. Um, so that's the frustration. Why can't we get players in? But I suppose Liam will you'll probably tell us it doesn't work. Transfer windows just don't work like yeah. that anymore. Especially with uh, the Euros happening, it being such a busy summer, it was always going to be a busier August than it was July or June for most clubs. Now, people will pull, pull out the examples of Aston Villa, for example, who have signed very well this summer and have done their business yeah. fairly early. But Wolves haven't just sold a player for 100 million. You know, there's a there's a there's a difference there. It's you know the context yeah. is so different. Um, so it was always going to be a bigger August. And just on the you know the squad size and um, the amount of players for each position, when you take those players from injury into account, and albeit you know Neto and Johnny, they're you know they've been serious injuries. They're going to need time. When you put them into the equation, the squad does look so much healthier. You look at you're looking goalkeeper. Yeah. Got two very good goalkeepers. Right wing back Hover and Semedo, two very very good players. Centre back we need to sign him, but you've got in terms of depth, you do have enough players. You've got Kilman, Size, mm-hmm. Cody, Mosquera, Bolly. Um, left wing back Johnny to come back. Eight Nori and Marcel. Midfield you've got three really, so you need to sign in there. But you know you normally play two, so one sign in there. Morgan Gibbs White as a backup, that's an option. Um, and then you know striker Rowland and Fabio, you probably want another option there, which is what they're looking at. And then right wing, left wing, you've got Adama, you've got Podence, you've got Neto, and you've got Trincao. That's, that, those four is a very good four for that's either side. Really there. good front line. It's a very yeah, good so front line. Yeah, all I good. think you have to take that into account, really, because I think a lot of fans get um, bogged down on the fact that they've got injuries and the squad is, you know, is a bit thin, and they do need one or two signings. But give it, you know, a couple of months when these players start to come back. Um, you know, that will really help. I know, you know, you've got a tough start and you want to have the squad ready for the season. Um, but you know, I have to temper expectations a little bit and think, you know, we might not get actually kicking properly until a few months in. Do you know what, Liam? I actually think the fact that we've got Leicester, Tottenham and United in the first three games in some way buys a little bit of time for Bruno because they are, I mean, you're talking two out of the top four and then Tottenham, obviously, um, top seven established club. I think if we got four points out of those first nine points, we'd be absolutely... Four points Let, let's move on to the fourth game. Forget the first... Give me four points now. I'll take them. I was just going to say, if we got four points, we'd be I over the moon. four points is very, very ambitious. I know. Well, exactly. I'll be wolves, over the, the moon wolves, with the it. Wolves, you know, they can surprise us. They've done it before. And, um, you know, you look at Raul, you look at Traore, some of the things he does. Traore last year, I thought, had a brilliant season. It's just he never had anybody to cross to. He created more chances virtually than anybody else in the league. He had more take-ons. He put the ball in the box. And now Jimenez is there. He's back, and he, and obviously with the you know the 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 way the um, Premier League is, it will really test him out. And friendlies are different. But 
he looks really raring to go. He's not pulling out of any challenges we saw that against Celta Vigo. He's not he's not shirking anything. You've probably seen him in training. Liam, how has he been? Because he's like our big hope, isn't he? I think he looks really sharp. Really, really sharp. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to go too far to say that, you know, he's going to be, you know, the, the player of 2019 um, because it's going to take time, obviously, and it's such a, a massive, you know, thing that happened to him. But um, I think he's looked far and away virtually the same player. Um, yeah. I, I just said I wouldn't say it, and I said it, but I, I think he's looked very, very good. I really have. Um, should have scored against Sal Vigo. Um, it's been very, very sharp. Uh, not shirking a challenge, winning headers. Uh, the link could play in the hall. Outside of his foot as well. Yeah. That was well yeah. of, it, of old. It's it's for me the it, obviously he's a very good goal scorer, very dangerous. But for me, it's the link up and the hold at play that brings yeah. the players like well. I think it, not only the forward players like Chaure into the game, it also brings Ruben Neves into the game so much more yeah, because he's got he's got yeah. someone to pass into, and Raul has got someone to lay it off to, and all of a sudden there's a thirty yeah. yard pass to the to the other what the other wing, and you know Chaure is running down down the uh, towards the fullback, so. For me, the link up and the hold of play is, is crucial. And that isn't what Fabio offers because that's not the type of player he is. Um, but Raul, you know, does that all day. And I think he he's the jowl for that team. And you can see how much we missed him last year. Yeah, I well, agree. We're going I from William Jose to Raul Jimenez. So there's your upgrade straight away to look forward to. All fans. I, think it was, there, it was nice. I think it was just nice to see Raul back and... Like I just watched that South Vigo game and I was kind of a bit in awe of like how much we'd missed him, like the little flicks that he does and just the way that he controls literally everything in that final third. It just comes from him. And I did have a bit of a scare though, because one of the South Vigo players, like Hoover, went down and like rubbed his head and I thought it was I thought it was Jimenez and I was like, Don't touch the head, please don't touch the head. But it wasn't, it was fine. Um so as long as we protect the head, then it's all good. But, um, yeah, no, I'm really excited to see him play properly again and, like, a full ground at Molyneux as well, I think. And I'm just – you can tell from, like, the interviews that he's done that he's genuinely just happy to be able to come back and play football because it's it's what he loves doing. Um, and he's 30 now, so I don't know how many seasons he's got left in the Premier League, but I think it's just for us as fans to enjoy the fact that he's back and he's playing and – He's just going to relish in that, I think. I think he's going to just take the opportunity to be grateful for playing, which I think is really nice to see as well. Liam, um, just to, before we start getting on to, obviously, our predictions for the season and our expectations, a couple of questions. On Raul, do you know what the, have you, what the headband is on his thing, what it's made out of to protect him? And also, there's been a lot of Wolves fans that have been really stressed about Fos and not has interested, not spending the money and all that type of thing. Um, and obviously going on about the stadium redevelopment and the, you got the Gene Kelly stand that obviously was, was very much talked about with it being out for the first couple of games and the members and stuff like that. And Manny's talked about the communication from the club and everything like that. I know there's a lot in there, but in terms of Raul Headwear, have you found out what that is and what can you tell us about Fosin and, uh, and their their aims, what you've been able to pick up? It's a good question about the the Raoul headband because I, I, I've not actually thought about that. Uh, we are planning, hopefully, to speak to him at some point fairly soon. So you know that will be one to to ask. I know that he, they they had upgraded the one that they had in pre season for one for the season. So you know he's he's got some sort of prototype one that 
he's been working on it. Um, I mean, it's obviously doing the trick because he seems fine. So that's, that's good. Um, in terms of, just reiterate again what the, the, the bits before, because there was a lot in there. I don't want to get anything to missed out. Yeah, basically, obviously, people worry about Foson losing interest because of the uh, the investment. The the Molyneux upgrade seems to be put on the back burner on, when obviously there's a 17,000 waiting list. Mm-hmm. And recently, obviously, the, the Graham U stand, which is often called as the Gene Kelly stand because it's got no roof. Um, <laughs> a couple of a week before the season starting, they're saying that that's now not fit and that's 500 seats and they've had all... 18 months to uh, to sort of work that out. Um, I mean, and there seems to be a little bit of a disengage. I know they started to have that engage with the uh, the the, the, the uh, Ask Wolf series. What are you picking up from uh, what you've been able to pick up from Jeff and the management team over at Wolves in terms of their ambitions and uh, communication with the fans? Yeah, I mean, obviously the focus, the ambition is very much on on making Wolves a well, an established Premier League side, which they have been for the last three years, but also building on that and uh, and building into um, into European football regularly. Um, that's still the ambition in terms of the in terms of the stadium, the Grain Hughes one. It's a bit of a misconception that they've had eighteen months. It's um, essentially yeah. they it's been sprung up, sprung upon them that that all of a sudden it's not fit for purpose. Um, whereas only weeks ago they were told it was um, because it's, because it's a temporary stand. Um, it's not classed in the same way as the other stands at Monu, Um And it has to have an external um, report done. And, and, you know, they have to look at it and check that the, you know, the structure is safe and various facilities are safe. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, physically without time to do it in, in the start of the season, they've been told it's not, it's not ready. So, Fortunately, you know, it will be ready for the Brentford game on the 18th. Um, but they've been dealt a pretty dud card there by the fact that they're not going to have 500 seats. Or well, actually, it's, it's, I think it's 800, actually, the Graham Hughes. Yeah, I think yeah. yeah I, think, I think the other one that they're planning is 500, but Graham Hughes, I think, is 800. Um, they're not going to have 800 seats for Spurs and Man United, which obviously are two big games. Um, but that's just bad luck. Um, I, you know, I can defend... Uh, as far as I've been told and I've been aware and looked into it, I can defend the club on that uh, stance that they've not neglected it. Um, it's been sprung upon them um, rather quickly by these sort of external examiners. Um, yeah, the, you know, they, ha- they haven't lost interest. They have to be careful. There's some of various FFP reasons. Um, they're under you know, different rules to, to other clubs having played Europe recently. Um, and they have to... They, they said they had to be creative, and that's the reality. They can't go out and spend a hundred million like they, you know, they have done in I think what was the first year back or second year back in the Premier League. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, they have to be careful about it. Um, they have to build for the future as best they can. You know, Fabio Silva coming in, and it's going to take time. And they've obviously had a few bumps in the road with Nuno going. He was close to leaving earlier that season as well. Is that um, right? If, yeah, going to sacked or walking? Um, I, I believe the former. I think he he was almost let go um, after the um, Albion game. I'm trying to remember which game it was. It was I think it was around January time. So that may be the Albion game if my memory serves me right. Um, but it was somewhere around there. You know, they, they were close to making a, a decision there because it was, obviously wasn't going very well. And 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 from then onwards, you saw a little bit of a shift with Nuno's play mm-hmm. as well. It became a lot more dull. Uh, a lot more compact. It was always fairly compact anyway, but it, I think it's, there was definitely a shift because it, there, there was a moment where Wolves were looking the wrong way down the table and were, were seven, eight, nine points away from Newcastle, for example, who were always in and around yeah. the bottom four or five. So there was, you know, there was a thought there. They've gone for a change. 
And it's a bit of a for me, it's a bit of a transition period for Foson and the club. They've got a new manager, 100%. they're having to change style, they're having to bring players in, and they're also having to battle the finances alongside that. Um, for me, they are as frustrating as it is for fans, they're making the right decision by keeping Wolves financially comfortable. The last thing you want to do is put this club into so much unsavable debt that all of a sudden a relegation turns into another relegation turns into you know a very we've situation. been there haven't we Liam? Now, yeah i mean it seems it seems you know dramatic to say but that is possible you know you've seen clubs that spend money and don't have success and all of a sudden they're in league one all of a sudden they're you know they're struggling for a new owner sunderland are a great example of that uh qpr uh you know the, the there's the, a lot of big clubs in they had. A lot yeah, of big clubs in Leeds One, Portsmouth are there, Leeds have been down there and they were there yeah. for a long time. Exactly that what you said. Bournemouth and Brighton were there not long ago as well. You know, it's it's these 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 um you've got to be careful of 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 going too far desperate for success that you're gonna put everything in jeopardy. And they're very smart business people at Wolves, although ruthless mm-hmm. and maybe people don't enjoy it as much at times because you know they want a 40 million sign here, 50 million sign in there. They're they're sensible and they're gonna do it what they think is the right way. We may look back in 10 years and it may be the wrong way. Um, but as it stands, I think the success they've had, I think you've got to you know keep trust with them. I'm very much of the thought that they've uh, they've done everything they said they're gonna do. I th- I have to ask you these questions, Liam, because obviously fans out there have these perceptions and it's really great to hear from someone like you that does have um, you know that reporting relationship with the club that you get to know a little bit more than the average fan to hear what you've been saying on that. And hopefully it reassures some fans. Obviously, Wolves have got this project. They're building up the esports brand. They're building up the the fashion. And maybe the average fan don't probably see well, why they're doing that. But it's all about revenue streams, isn't it? And bringing in the additional revenue streams. And, uh, of course, they've got the new relationship with Cash Story and Wolves have got license to be able to move faster in the market around the world if they get a player to open all that all these things over time close that gap on the yeah, the commercial side which they're looking to do so it's uh, uh thanks for that i think we've covered up pretty much uh, most on the uh on the transfers amy i'm going to go to you first um as we're just entering the last uh, few minutes of the podcast um what are your expectations for this season and where do you think we can finish and what, and what are your hopes for the season? Oh my god, I'm gonna, I'm usually, you know me, I'm such an optimistic person, but I don't know why. I just feel a bit nervous and apprehensive for this year. I think it's probably been a lot of change and uncertainty. I, for me, I don't think it's going to be a pretty season. I think the, you know, we talked about kind of the transition season last year, but I think this one's going to be an even further transition because. You know, when you you we all work at companies and you have a change at the top and it takes a long time for that change. If it's a substantial change for that to bed in. Um, I hope it's not a relegation scrap, but I can't see us finishing much more than above than about 15th. But I would like to be proven wrong. 15th. OK, <laughs> that's fair enough. And uh, Manny? Well, you know what? At the start of the season... For three years, I've been saying the same thing. You know, people go on about our defence, our defence, our defence, not signing a central defender. We just don't score enough goals. In the first half, we've been the worst, the worst in the whole league. Our goal output for a top 13 side, we finished 7th, 7th and 13th, was the lowest aggregate 
scoring out of any of those 13 sides. We're scoring one or two goals maximum. If we don't score and concede one, then obviously straight away, the onus is on the defence to keep a clean sheet. Like Celta Vigo, for example, it was a friendly. You hammer three or four goals in, nobody talks about the goal we conceded because we won um, uh, convincingly. So what I expect and what I want is us to score more goals from other areas. And I'm not talking about 80 or 90 a season. I'm not talking four and five nil wins. I'm talking twos and threes, just twos and threes, where that then takes a bit of pressure off your defence. If you're, you haven't scored after 70 minutes, suddenly your defence is under pressure. Oh, that's how it works. You know, you've got to put the ball in the back of the net. And we can't just say it was down to Raul last season. We just didn't create... And when we did create, we just didn't take those chances. So, want more goals? I want. I think we scored fifty-three this season. We failed, and Spurs pipped us by goal difference. And then last year we went even worse because fifty-three was poor. We went even worse. So, um, uh, I would like to get back to the fifty-three plus goals. And I think if we get that, then we have a successful season where that places us, whether it's a top twelve or a mid 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 um, uh, table finish or to, you know, 15th or 16th. I just want to see more positivity, more chances and more taking of chances, goals from all areas and not that much. Our defence over the last four years, on aggregate, the goals conceded isn't that bad compared to the rest. Our attack is woeful in terms of the number of goals we score. So that's what I need. That's what I want to see. And I would probably say... Go on. If we finish in the top... Top 12, I'll be over the moon, but that's where I'm at. But signings will change it, and I'm sure we win a couple of matches, we'll all be thinking of, dreaming of, you know, we're all fans, <laughs> we'll start dreaming of Europe. and we'll The hope that kills and we're you, gonna so win the league if you have a little hope. <laughs> yeah. And what about you, Liam? I, I'd probably a bit deal difficult, but I mean, you are a Wolves fan, you're a passionate Wolves fan. Um, and obviously, the, this job has got to be your dream job, being a war in some ways, because I suppose you have to be that pull away and you want to be in the crowd, bouncing around with the fans when that last minute goal goes in, I can imagine. Um, and probably sometimes you're in the commentary box or doing it and you, you, want, you have to hold yourself back a bit. But uh, as a Wolves fan, taking your journalist hat off for a second, um, what's your thoughts? Where do you think we can finish and what's your hopes? Well, just on that, you do have to be obviously more objective. Um, I can't be too emotionally invested because I've, I've obviously got you know a job to do. But um, you know, if we score a you know a ninety fourth minute winner, there might be a little you know jump up and a little cheer, and then straight back down, eyes down onto the laptop and, uh, and moving away again. But um, I you know if I was going to be a bit vague, I would say somewhere from fourteenth to tenth, I think is probably realistic. Um, I'd say somewhere in the middle of that 13th, 12th, something like that. I'll go with 12th. I think that's um, I think that's possible. Um, and I do think that Wolves are going to have a slightly more difficult start to the season, first half, and I think the second half will be much better. I think once the timing has got there for new, uh, sorry, Bruno, <laughs> Freudian slip there, uh, Bruno to to get into his um, get his style in, have you know the players, and, and let's remember as well, these are modern professional footballers they're intelligent footballers they can change systems just because they've played a certain way for three years doesn't mean they can't or four years doesn't mean they can't change um they are going to be able to do it it's just going to take time um so i think with that with a couple of signings in the door with 
you know, uh, injuries coming back as well. I think the second half of the season will be better than the first. And provided he gets given the time, I think around 12 would be would be reasonable. I think any higher than that, I think, is a very good job on Bruno's part because I, I think he still needs to bring more signings in for his what he wants to do. Um, he's only got two or three probably to work with, added on to what's already been done. So, yeah, about 12, I think. And um, I think most Wolves fans will probably take that at this point. Well, that's really mystic don't I 15. no no well Amy sometimes when you say that and then if you see the expectations you're happier aren't you um yeah. <laughs> for me I got I got interviewed by uh, BT Sport uh, last week for an article on their website and they uh, they asked me a load of these questions and hopes and aspirations and stuff like that and I'm ever so positive I'm always Mr Positive me um, for me, I he's want... saying we're winning the league, Davies. Well, you know, not quite, but I did. Um, I did say obviously we're in a transition period at the moment. The jury, obviously, you've got to give the guy a chance. We've got to get behind uh, Bruno Large and back him. I do worry because we've all said some of the fan base can turn very, very fast, and expectations are at a level. I think we have to temper those expectations, especially like what you said, Liam. Especially the early part of the season and the first half of the season when we start getting players back and they get used to the formation and the systems. and the, I mean, Nuno, when he first came in, he was in the Championship and he had a really long period. And that game against Leicester, the pre-season match, we saw, wow, straight away. We haven't seen that with Bruno Large, but he came in at Benfica and he got the best out of them and was attacking. And we saw a bit of that in the second half. Um, for me, can we score goals first? Can we score in the first half? Um, and get the lead and uh, and then, like what Nuno said, push on and score a second. Uh, sorry, uh, Manny said second and a, and a third goal. I would love to see us have a really good cup run. My dad's now 84 and it's been his dream all his life for us to go to an FA Cup final and sing goodbye with me. And he's running out of, obviously, time. He's still ticking along quite well, but a proper good cup run would be, uh, be nice, like we had uh, the first season in the Premier League and maybe get to that final would be amazing. And um, <clears throat> I did say, although I did temper this with uh, expectations, I would say it'd be nice to finish seventh again and get Europa what? League football. I know. I, know. I said it would be nice. Well, check his mug. Just check his mug. What is he drinking? I know. If we could get that. Um, Dave, been, I love the positivity. I have always missed the positive. I'm, I'm, I always try to look on the positive side that it will come good and will come good. But obviously, like everyone else, as long as we, uh, we don't, get into a, a you know a dirty relegation battle which and we're clear of that and we we play some entertaining football and it's more positive and we can see progress I, I think like everyone I'd be uh be happy with that but um interesting I'm just going to go out there and say sevens just because someone asked to so there you go <laughs> maybe you should put a bet on it put a fiver on it and then you could probably yeah. get quite good odds That's, um <laughs> As Vinyl Revival says, uh, you've got a dream. And um, we really have. Uh, finally, to finish off on um, Leon, uh, uh, Le Le Liam, um, Nuno versus Bruno, Tottenham match. How are you feeling about that? I think it'll be a good occasion. Um, I, I haven't mentioned this on Twitter yet, but I'm actually on holiday for the Man United game, so I'm so pleased I'm not missing the Spurs games. I think it's going to be a really good, a really good day. Um, he, he got a good reception, of course. You will. I think, um, regardless of the, um, you know, from a journalist's point of view, that he, he wasn't particularly forthcoming. From a, a fan point of view, from the you know what he did for Wolves, um, 
many people will see him as, you know, the greatest manager in their generation, at least, going back to Stan Cullis days, possibly, in the 50s. I think he's been that good. I think he was a genius for Wolves, really was. Last season, obviously, disappointing. But um, I think he'll get a good reception. Um, and as much as I think Wolves fans will be very thankful for what he did for them, I would love to see Bruno get one over him, <laughs> obviously. Um, and it's going to be a real battle of philosophies, won't it? I mean, they're totally different um, in terms of human beings as, as they come across and the totally different philosophies as well. I mean, he's spoken a lot about that. So um, I think it'll be a good occasion. I think that's probably the easiest game of the three, if we're being honest. Um, Spurs I have to are... Say, you know, uh, looking at the first three games, you know, let's be honest, all three games are... We could lose all three <laughs> quite easily, mm. but we've shown in the past we can also win games and we've mm. had very close battles with Leicester We've had fantastic results against Spurs and against um, uh, United as well, you know. And we've kept, you know, we kept Raul's there, Traore's there, Neves is there. We've still got good players on that pitch. Okay, behind those first eight or nine, ten players, we haven't got many options on the bench, but we still have talent in our squad. So I don't, I don't think we should be writing writing the team off completely and just thinking oh my God, three matches, we're not going to get anything because Wolves have time and again surprised us. And we've got a new manager and one thing, Dave, like Dave said twice already, we as fans, regardless of who we sign and who we don't sign, when at three o'clock on Saturday against Leicester, anyone who's going, just sing your hearts out and do your job and back the manager. It's not his fault. He hasn't had all the time and all the players he wants and, and everything hasn't gone perfectly in the transfer window. We've got, to, it's his first ever game as a Wolves manager. So, you know, and, and the home game will be the same. And we just got to, the board might not give him time if we're in the bottom three at Christmas. But we, as fans, I think we have to give him a real we've decent got get, chance. We've got 100% money. Yeah. We've got to get behind him. You know, the one thing, I mean, and to end this, on a positive, we've had 18 months without fans at football it's been the one thing that's missing. Cody, all the players have, have, have said about it. And um, are you are you going to Leicester, Amy? You got to, you going? No, I'm not going to Leicester. So, um, but so the Spurs game will be my first proper game back, and it's mm -hmm. I think it's quite poignant that it's against Spurs and Nuno and everything. I think it's um it's a good chance for everyone to kind of say bye, which obviously we didn't get to do at the last game so I think it's going to be quite a nice day as long as we win um well, I think you're right I, I, I think um it's going to be uh you know Nuno never really had a chance to say goodbye to the fans properly did he and I think the fact that it's his first game he will get a great reception from the fans at the end of the game I'm sure he'll probably I wouldn't be surprised if Nuno comes on the pitch and claps uh the fans and says thank you and they said thank you to him but at the end of the day you know, regardless of us paying our respects and saying thank you to Nuno, we we're it's all Bruno now, and we've got to get behind him, and we want to win that game, and that's the the priority. And the uh, the thanks afterwards can be uh, can be set. So I'm looking forward to that. I, I'm at Leicester at the weekend. I think you are Manny, and you're obviously yep. covering Liam and yes, reporting yeah. on the atmosphere. And that's going to be an emotional atmosphere for the Leicester fans as well, obviously. I mean, they you know, had a great season winning the FA Cup. They won the uh, the Community Shield at the wing. They're going to be massive, massive favourites to win that game. 
But as Manny said, this is Wolves. We could either get absolutely done 5-0 and playing the high line and get caught by Vardy, or we could sneak it 1-0. But in the last we 10 times... We've... Calls there, Dave, we played decent. They're not that massive. They're not that... They're not Real Madrid, Barcelona in their prime. They're Leicester City. They're defenders. We do all right Barclay. against Leicester. Yeah. Vestergaard, we've run rings around Vestergaard with our players before when we played Southampton. So, yeah, we might concede a bit of, um, you know, they might get behind us and we need a bit of luck and the goalkeeper probably needs to make a few saves. But we can cause them problems. We always have every time we've played Leicester. So just get down. Those three and a half thousand fans will be loud on um, uh, Saturday, 100%. trust me. They will be giving absolutely everything. And I think the team will as well. You know, they'll, they'll want to prove a point, a new manager. They'll, it's almost like, even though we've had pre-season, it's their first chance as well. You know, if Morgan Gibbs-White gets on, or someone, it'll be their first chance to pop down a real marker in front of their new boss and, and maybe just sort of seal down a position. So, you know, let's look forward to it. We've had so oh. much crap over 18 months. And, if we just go into that match all downbeat and think, you know, we haven't got the players and it's going to be a rubbish season, I mean, then is that what we go to football for now? We start the match thinking that we're going to win the league. And yeah, by the time we finish and we walk into our cars, we probably want to sack the manager, but we'll wait. We'll do that when when it happens, you know. Mate, I tell you what, it's going to be it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a great atmosphere. Can't wait. The whole day. It's not just about the game, the build up, the travelling there, the before, the after. It's all going to be back at the weekend, and then we've got Molyneux, uh, which is going to be an amazing occasion. That reunion will probably be really emotional day uh, against Tottenham. I can't wait for that. But let's go. Let's the fans have got to get behind the manager, get behind the boys. And give it everything, and then and, and then see what happens. The only one thing I, I hope doesn't happen is we score first and they rule it out for VAR again because that's what happens <laughs> every time we play Leicester. You know, so maybe I we'll just get want to the, mention quickly a question that I forgot. The Wolves women are also starting their campaign. Oh yes, this week against Middlesbrough, they finally, after two seasons of absolute crap and being denied promotion, they you know deservedly got promoted, and they've. It looks like they've made um, some really good signings from the higher leagues. And um, so, uh, Liam, I don't know if Expressing Star or you guys cover what you cover or what you, you know, it's, it's important that we give that, you know, team and Dan and, and the work they've done the coverage that they deserve. And, and uh, hopefully fans can get down there. Remember, season ticket holders, it's free for you to go down there um, on Sunday at four o'clock. I think it's four o'clock. Yeah, Dan, Dan's done a very good job. Then you're right; they've had a you know terrible couple of seasons with COVID and everything. But he's done a great job there. So um, yeah, my plan is to to get in there, do as much as I can with them. Obviously, the, the academy as well at yeah. Wolves, and and just give as much well-rounded coverage um, as I can. Obviously, there's only a certain amount or only one bloke. There's only a certain amount I can get to. But um, yeah, I want to <laughs> get in, I'll get in touch with Dan. We've got a contact for him, and you know, go through. Uh, the right channels and uh, yeah, and give them some coverage because they, you know, they deserve it as well. And hopefully, they'll have a, a good season. I believe yeah, they will. Yeah, we wish that we wish the Wolves win well, and we will uh, do a few bits on here as well. Uh, Manny, uh, and just to finish off, and Samosa Saturday happening. Yeah, um, it's coming on the twenty eighth. We thought about going back to the grounds, and we was a bit nervous on what restrictions might still be in place. So we've kept it as a, a delivery service. We've got about 90 orders again, so we'll be delivering on the 28th from Stafford to Worcester, down to Shrewsbury. 
people who are delivering, delivering samosas. Connor Cody again, he's a samosa lover. He's ordered samosas again. Uh, Ruben Neves, I think, is ordering as well, which is great because I'm delivering them on the 28th, three days before the transfer window ends. So if he's having samosas off me, he can't be going anywhere. <laughs> Let's hope I not. like that Absolutely. thinking. Thank you Absolutely. again for everybody's support to the cause. And, and, and you can still, there's still some availability, isn't there, at the moment? Yeah, you, you know, to... we'll, we'll supply. I'm, I'm jetting off to India. I'm like, I'm doing the reverse of Liam. I won't be um, at the Spurs match. I'll be watching on my phone in India, thousands of miles away on a dodgy stream. So, um, uh, and then I'll be back for the United game. So, um, yeah, we've got availability. I'll be back on the 24th and that will be straight into Samosa production the 28th and then United on the 29th so it's, it's hectic so I hope a we get a couple of results to go with all that <laughs> you know travelling and absolutely so, well but. I just want to say a big thank you to everyone that's been watching we've had nearly 200 on uh, at points tonight as well watching it simultaneously and obviously if you're listening to this back on the podcast uh, I hope you're enjoying it wherever you are in the world. And obviously, if you've watched it live, please leave some comments in the uh, in the comment section. Smash a like on the video. Feel free to share. Amy, uh, just um, what, if anyone wants to get in touch with you or find you, what your socials and what year is your retro shirt that you've got? It's a white um, year. It's got 2000 on it. So 2000, yeah. 2000 2001, I think. Uh, Puma Warren. I do like this shirt actually, and it is the original. It's not one of these ones I bought out, so it just shows I've not grown that much since 2020, however many years. Um, I'm Amy Had on Instagram, but I'm very bad on my phone, as Dave will tell everyone. So, yeah, terrible um, on WhatsApp sometimes. Apology, apologies if I don't reply to you. <laughs> um, Manny, uh, can people find you? Yeah, um, Manny Sinkang on um, Facebook and at Pedalsing on Twitter again, hopefully um, by by bonfire night before then we'll get a home game where we'll do a Smosa Saturday just outside the ground and get the fans involved again. That'd be amazing. Well, I'm just Dazzling Dave on YouTube. <laughs> I'm just Dazzling Dave. That's me. <laughs> and Instagram. That's it. And Liam, to finish off with, mate, thank you so, so much for making your debut tonight. I really hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, having you on. You know, already as the, uh, the the Wolves main correspondent, your articles have been absolutely goldous and brilliant uh, for fans. And so, People can find you and find your articles if you want to say a little bit more about how they can connect with you and follow you. Yeah, thank you very much for, for that, Dave. That's very kind of you. Um, yeah, it's it's been a, a good start. Uh, I'm really pleased to obviously be covering the, the club I support. It's, uh, it's been a dream. So, um, yeah, brilliant. Uh, for me, I, uh, I'm on Twitter, at uh, Liam Keen underscore star will be the, uh, the place to find me. Um, and obviously, me and Nathan Judah do our podcast as well. I think we're recording tomorrow, so uh, so keep an ear and an eye out on uh, on Twitter for that. But um, as I said at the beginning, you know, I want to get my face and name out there with all the Wolves fans. You know, make sure people know who I am, and hopefully do a, a good job in you know giving them some independent coverage as well. So uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. I've, I've really enjoyed it. No, we're absolutely. waiting. For, we're waiting for the next couple of days. We're waiting for a keen bomb. A keen bomb. <laughs> And that's it, a keen bomb. That's what we'll have to call it when it drops with the uh, with the transfers and stuff I'll do like my that. Um, Jason here says thank you. Great to see you on. Uh, very interesting. Uh, Liam, hopefully you'll come and join us uh, 
again and as a side go and uh, check out the uh, the fantastic expression star poddy because it's always uh, with the uh, with the fantastic nathan J judar as well um he's always very entertaining and they're always a great listen as well and uh, obviously brilliant coverage of wolves and uh, we do wish you well uh, liam and hopefully you'll come on again in the future for us and uh, let's hope um that we do have a positive start and um you know uh, maybe we'll finish seventh who knows <laughs> <laughs> from myself manny um amy and liam and to wherever you are watching or listening in the world we do wish you the best and um always wolves Bye. cheers It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.